Welcome to Get It Done Entrepreneurs, where we talk with founders of companies who bet on themselves in one. My name is Rich Lebrun, and I am the founder and CEO of Lebrun Advisory Group. You can find us at rlebrun.com. Our mission is to help our clients build wealth through business ownership. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Our special guest today is Jessica Dragon, founder of Corporate Wellness and Retention. She's an investor. She's an Army veteran, which we're going to get a chance to learn a little bit more about that. She does acquisitions and she does business consulting. Jessica is a seasoned business expert who first got into the world of business in 2004. And when she was forced, and we're going to learn about what that forced means, forced into becoming a sole entrepreneur in Los Angeles and was responsible for every aspect of the business from creating logos to SEO marketing, customer service, and obtaining finance, etc. Five years later, Jessica moved her business to Milwaukee and continued running the entire business by herself until 2017 when she hired her first employee. By 2019, Jessica had grown her staff strength over 31 and established branches in Illinois, Washington, and Maryland. But unfortunately, after the business was crushed by the pandemic, and we'll get by chance to hear that in her story, she then went on to manage a mini golf center for two seasons after giving the business a facelift, improving staffing, growing profits, maintaining relationships, and improving customer experience. They were given the best Milwaukee award for mini golf by state Senator Chris Larson. That'd be a great accomplishment. From working in transportation management for the U.S. Army for four years to serving as the operating manager of a mobile massage service delivery business for over 18 years, Jessica assures all prospective clients that she is fully adept at providing competent solutions to greatly advance our progresses of all types of organizations. Jessica is also involved in organizations such as the economically disadvantaged women of women-owned small businesses, service-disabled veterans, small small businesses, excuse me, and women-owned business enterprises. She resides in West Allison, West Allison, Wisconsin, I understand. And with that, I'd like to welcome Jessica. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Ritz. Thank you for taking time out of your day. Great background. You're definitely involved in a lot of things, a lot of good social causes, which you're more than welcome to share in the show. But when we start, let's start out from the beginning, if you don't mind. Everybody likes to hear your story. Okay. You know, what happened? How'd you get into business? Uh, you bring us back in time. Some of the thinking that went behind it. I uh, used the word force to become an entrepreneur. I'm sure there's a story there. But please tell us, tell us about your story, how you got to become an entrepreneur. So I joined the Army just to get out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And when they sent me to the war, I realized I gave up way too much of my power and I wasn't going to do that for life. (laughs) Uh, I ended up moving to Los Angeles when I completed my service and I enrolled in massage school basically on a hunch. I wanted a, a profession that got me moving, that was more relaxing. And I said, this, this seems really interesting. So I enrolled in the first school that I went to. And the first thing I learned was your body had the ability to uh, grow veins around blockages in your heart if you do cardio. So, oh my goodness, tell me more. I wanted to learn anything and everything about the profession. So much so that I actually enrolled in a second school and got a second certificate. 
I came to learn out years later that that particular school, people were coming from all over Asia just to study there. It was that good of a school. Um, but in the meantime, while I was doing my schooling, I was applying for work naturally, as you should do. And what I found in Los Angeles, most of the jobs um, were commission-based only. Uh, then I went into my internship for the massage practice, and I learned basic business through that, where I'd make my phone calls, I'd book the appointment, I'd render service, the whole thing. The school told me that when I graduated and all of us, that we could take the clients with us. But at some point, um, the school realized that we had taken all of their clients and gave them an offer we couldn't compete with. And that was my first mini pandemic. <laughs> like, oh no, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So basically a friend of mine just threw an advertisement online and boom, I had this, this business that I had to navigate and sort through and figure out what I was going to do with this thing. Now, is this was the mobile massage business? It wasn't mobile at first. There wasn't, uh, okay. I had actually gotten a job at a high-end hair extension studio um, as a studio assistant slash massage therapist. And the woman there was something I'd never seen before. You got to remember, I've been around the world, you know, and when I ran into her, I was just, what is this? And basically on the chance somebody wanted a massage, which by the way, hair and massage don't necessarily go well together in a business. Um, she'd turn them away and say, if you come back tomorrow, I'll give you services for free. I need Jessica right now. And I'm like, <laughs> come on, you know, um, I honestly would be late to work every day, like an hour and a half on purpose, just praying to get fired. I spent mm. the whole day there. I was making $10 an hour. I hated it. And she would not fire me. I never could understand it. <laughs> Um, but in the meantime, she told me that if I had my own clients, I could see them around her business. So I did. I had the, the clients from the internship, and then I also had one or two from word of mouth. And I learned very quickly that that one hour, I was doing something that I loved and made a pretty good living versus spending all day at a place I absolutely hated. Now, when you eventually, when it was running a mobile business, was that hard? Um was considered you know, a lot of times massage places are more considered in a, in a retail location, but uh, you actually service a certain type of uh, clients. Weren't you going after senior citizens or is that correct or no? Yeah, I morphed into many, many, many different things based on my life, how it changed and where I was going. So when I was working out of my place and my friends started advertising me online in Los Angeles, it, all it took were two clients that came in and scared the crap out of me. Like, this is my mm -hmm. house, you know, mm -hmm. I can't just up and move if there's somebody who's a little strange. So by this time, I had a couple of mobile clients and I had been to some of the most beautiful, beautiful houses you'd ever seen. And um, it fit my personality better to do mobile. Mm -hmm. So what I ended up doing was I quit working out of my house. I got a job at the top spot in the country, two days a week, four hour shifts. And my sales pitch was either you can see me at the top spot in the country or I can come to you. And 99% of the time, these people let me go to them. So Very that's nice. how the mobile portion worked. And it honestly helped my career tremendously because 
massage therapist is really only supposed to work on average two to five years in the profession because it's so physically demanding. Mm -hmm. But because I had an hour break in between clients, it helped me out physically and extended my career. Now you did that for quite a while, did you not? I did. Uh, and then the market crashed in 2009. And I realized how much I missed my family, which was never part of the plan. Um, and when I was going home, I thought I'd have to do something else because my experience was specifically with my mother was if something was wrong with her, she'd get it cut out or she'd take a pill. Mm -hmm. But what I discovered when I moved to Milwaukee was we had incredible professionals here that were just even more amazing to me than in Los Angeles. And I was really proud of the massage and the healing art community here. So I launched the business. Um, and there was one point too, when I had a booth at a festival and my name at the time was luxury massage therapist. And I would hear the attendees walk past my booth and laugh because the name was luxury massage therapist. Hmm. So what I was understanding was the different cultures between Los Angeles and Milwaukee and Milwaukee's a little more conservative and might not be looking for luxury items versus LA is all about luxury. Mm -hmm. So I changed my name doing business as spa massage on the go and I absolutely flourished. I mean, that was a really good, simple, smart thing to do um, to talk to people and it worked really well. But at some point I realized I wouldn't be able to massage forever. I'm going to need to figure something else out. And um, I actually saw a commercial online for doing business with the government. And that is when I became disabled and elderly massage services only as long as chair massage only for businesses. And that's when I began to hire it felt like people were more, they felt more safe um, with the two populations. Um, mm -hmm. And it gave me an advantage with staffing. You know, I love about the story throughout, you've, you're willing to adapt and to adjust for the things that are coming your way, which we're going to talk about in the future, about how you're doing that today. Mm -hmm. You grew that to a company, you said about 31 people working with you. Is that right? Yes, I had. It was massage therapists and employees. And independent contractors, as well as SEO guy and a salesperson and assistant. But then you hit another wall, right? I did. Yes, tell I about, did. Tell us about that. My staff was driving me nuts. <laughs> like, <laughs> I remember I had no training or planning whatsoever to be in business. And um, the accounts that I had at the time were looking at the name Spa Massage on the go. So it didn't really match what our value proposition was. And people would assume they knew what, what, knew what we did and wouldn't even give me a chance to explain to them the benefits of massage therapy, how you can prevent injuries. You can extend uh, people in manufacturing construction career by um, rendering service like that to prevent injuries so that they don't become disabled before it's time to retire. Um, you can help with retention. And that was another experience sitting at a booth watching people just walk past me, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't have consistent work. I would have companies that would hire us once a, once a year, really, when I really needed them to hire me more than once a year, preferably once a month. Um, also on the disabled and elderly side, that was growing really well until that employee got really burned out. And basically what it was, she didn't listen to me. I said, you need to 
And because it's so flexible, they basically say, you know, when you want to come over, come over. So the instructions between her and the assistant was to book them all on the same day and give yourself some time off. Yeah. What I found, she was working seven days a week, maybe one hour a day each, and she, she totally got burnt out. And when that happened, I started to see a decline in numbers on that side of the business. Very good. So let me, uh, so they roll into what you're doing today then. Okay. You had a massage business, you actually kind of worked for a mini golf place, but then you now created this new enterprise. What are you currently doing? Right now, I am acquiring businesses, specifically looking for parking lots and country clubs. But I'm really finding my huge passion right now is in real estate. So um, we're looking for people's homes. If you don't want it for whatever reason, give me a call. So you mentioned you're looking, you're doing parking lots and uh, what? Country well, clubs. You were looking to buy those? Yes. Right. You, you were part of an investor group then? I am a private equity investor. Okay. okay. So let me back up because, um, you know, you said you mentioned mini golf and stuff. So the pandemic hit. I had plans to rebrand my business with a different target market um, to attract the right jobs that would hire us on a regular basis, but also um, to attract the right professionals that would make me proud, you know, and I was going to use my reoccurring revenue to launch that, but then the pandemic came and squashed it. Mm -hmm. and, I had to, and I mentioned before, like I had a, my first mini pandemic was years ago. And what I knew from that was there's so much opportunity that was coming. And I was actually so thrilled and excited that I lost that company. Um, now that I've learned what I've learned, I know that the minute I got sick of the company, I probably should have sold it. I didn't really know that at the time. So what happened was I ended up, I took a job online helping people, uh, file for their unemployment all over the United States. It's a really genius kid launched this company and he was, he was flourishing. He was doing really well. But my weakness is spelling and, and grammar and paperwork. Uh, and uh, I made a couple of mistakes and he got so frustrated with me, I actually got fired. And the funny thing about that is when I told my mom, I just got fired from this. She said, why? And I told her, well, there was a couple of things I misspelled and I didn't need to tell her anymore. She knew me that well. And she already knew the whole picture on why I got fired. So, you know, you find, I find myself in life always kind of like, all right, God, what's next? And I had uh, called up DWD to ask him where my unemployment was for like the sixth time. And they said, hey, would you like a job? And I said, sure. And it turned out to be this mini golf course. So things just snowball with me and I just kind of go with wherever it goes. I was so happy and I'm still so thrilled that I was able to work in a company that was successful during the pandemic versus my own company that was completely squashed to be able to see that not every company is gonna be doing terrible at this time. Everybody's different. And I had um, raised the prices, kept the um, relationships going. The owner of the company was a very good mentor of mine, and I got to mentor teenagers. It was a really, really neat experience. And while I was doing that, I ran into an investor group. And when I was going through the challenge, and it was about acquiring other businesses, after all of 
the stuff that I had been through, I was like, that's it. That's what I want to do. And that is how I got into mergers and acquisitions. Well, I thought, you know, again, I'm going to repeat this a little bit. Part of it being a good owner and founder is building, being able to see what's in front of you, not always clearly, mm -hmm. be willing to adapt, adjust, and keep molding and shaping and, and look at your journey that you've been on. It's been a phenomenal journey. And someone that doesn't necessarily have a straight line to it. Right. You know, you kind of jog here, left and right, and here you go. I want to ask you a question. Again, I want to say uh, you're a veteran, you're in the Army, uh, and I want to take this time on the show to say thank you for your service, so we are indebted to you. Uh, but can you tell us, did the military have any good impact on you to be a businesswoman? Absolutely. I find in the military or, you know, in any instance I was in before that, I would tend to learn everybody's job in whatever business I was working. So I had a strong foundation of understanding everybody's role and filling in where I needed to if somebody um, wasn't doing what they were supposed to do. Now, being out of the military for so many years, I am so in love with my veterans and the culture. Like anytime I get a chance to hang out with a veteran, they're just people that I absolutely love. Um, and then also I did myself a solid because as a business owner, there is no health insurance. And when Obama said you had to get health insurance, well, I already had it because of my service. So mm -hmm. I am so glad that I had done that. And it also, it, it opened up my view to worldview because the first place they sent me to was Korea. And that was my favorite duty station, something that probably would have never happened outside of that. And I'm so grateful for that experience. What other places did they send you around the world? Uh, just uh, Kuwait. Kuwait, okay. Yeah, yeah. definitely uh, from uh, from Milwaukee to Kuwait. It's a long yep. drive. It's a long drive. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to shift gears a little bit uh, for you. Um, we got a chance to see how you got to where you are today. And you have hit a, a mini pandemic and a major pandemic. Um we are now facing headwinds that we've never seen before. So many at the same time with economic recession, labor shortages, um, supply chain, uh, war, politics, you name it, political unrest, all at the same time. But you're an owner of a company, okay? You're in charge of your own destiny. Um, I always ask the question, is this time to retreat, to hide, to run, uh, or is this time to go forward, charge, you see opportunity? Uh, how are you operating as a CEO founder of your own company? 100% move forward. And it's twofold. It's not only just move forward, but don't stop learning. This is a really good time to learn and see what other people are doing and to form partnerships. I have found my tribe. I've got amazing professionals behind me. I don't have to do it by myself anymore. If there's something I don't know, I have a list of so many people that I can contact, um, existing relationships as far as older relationships and new people. And I really find the climate out there as far as business is concerned is they want to help bring up small business. So just don't be afraid to reach out and just start talking to people and um, just keep learning. So that was going to be my question. How did you build your tribe? <laughs> You know, I got to tell you, the only reason why I'm in business, to be quite frank with you, is because of the internet and the World Wide Web. And that's another thing I kind of want to bring up, too, is like, um, 
you have access through, you got to look around at all of your resources and find out what do you have. And for me, it's, I have a cell phone, I have the internet, I have a, a computer, I can do anything. Um, and with the SEO and learning how to do that, um, I do much better with people coming to me versus me doing outreach. Mm-hmm. So like the people that did business uh, before the internet and they had to literally knock on doors, I would have never done that. <laughs> like, I think it's fascinating and amazing how we've all grown with technology and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, when I did start getting into mergers and acquisitions, I actually did call some of my really good friends and said, hey, this is what I'm going to do. Would you want to join and come with me? And I got all kinds of naysayers saying, oh, you can't do that. It's going to take you much longer than it's supposed to. Um, And although they were right to a certain degree, it hadn't been my life experience. So instead of feeling like I was all by myself, I found my tribe online. And these are people from all over the United States and the world. And they're incredible, talented people. Um, Just I can't so say was it trial and error or was it a referral base? I mean, did you just start typing in and researching people and reached out or? I have a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. You know, I'll kind of play around with stuff like on Facebook. My name is Jessica Acquisitions Dragon. And you would not believe the people that are contacting me. I'm so excited. <laughs> you know, so there, there's some of that. And then there's just, you know forming friendships and keeping talking to people and some of some will call me up with their frustrations and they feel better. And then it's like, well, we know each other. Is there somebody else we can bring into the group? So yeah, it's a lot of networking online. Yeah. But you put yourself out there. You know, I love, I love the, I agree with you about the technology and even with this podcast, I get to talk with people as yes, this morning was Australia. Yesterday was Italy. Here we are talking to people all over the world. uh, And as if we're just, having coffee with each other. I think it's phenomenal. Uh, but you have to put yourself out there. You have to try some things, right? Yep. Do you, you seem to be uh, very, um, I'm going to say disciplined. It seem very, uh, uh, have less stick-to-itiveness, perseverance. Uh, is that how you, how do you keep yourself disciplined and focused? <laughs> That's a good question because I find I'm not that good uh, at implementation. I am, but I'm not. And I'll find partners that are good implementers and they definitely make me better than I was all by myself. So again, it's surrounding yourself with the right people and just learning so much. Um, You know, part of my issue too is I still have not been able to find out to have a balance with my family versus business. I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs. I think my brothers and I think they've kind of like dabbled in it, but they never went all in kind of a thing. And so it's, it's just not my background to be an entrepreneur. It was just something that I I had. I love it. I'm good at it. Um, So I have a little trouble finding balance with a family that doesn't understand entrepreneur life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's taking me a long time to learn that lesson. Yeah, you know, there's a saying, you go work for corporate America 40 hours a week or own your own business and work 80, but yeah. uh, but loving every minute of it. And uh, well, that's just it. It's not like job to me. I can't stop doing it. That's why you're going to get 80 hours out of me. And then, you know, if I want to take a day off or something, I have that luxury too. Yeah, the luxury as well. 
So Jessica, thank you again for spending time and sharing your wisdom on the show on behalf of all our listeners. Not only thankful for your service in the military, but thankful for you taking time and sharing your wisdom on being an entrepreneur. With that said, what is the best way for our customer, our listeners, I should say, to get a hold of you if should they want to learn more about what you do or maybe do business with you? Thank you for asking. You can actually find me on LinkedIn. That's a good way to get, I'm on there all the time. It's uh, Jessica Dragon, D-R-A-G-A-N, or through my website, can'twaittoretire.com. Can't wait to retire. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks again, Jessica, for your time. It was great to know you. Hey, thank you. Rich LeBrun here. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Get It Done Entrepreneurs. If you are a successful business owner who would like to be on this program, please visit us at rlebrun.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form and we will reach out to you. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show, include the hashtag Get It Done Entrepreneurs. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, rlebrun.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.